The NFC East schedule opens on Thursday night in prime time as the Eagles travel to MetLife Stadium to take on the New York Giants. A game that has, even in mid-October, enormous consequences for the scuffling Eagles. Hello everyone and welcome to this Eagles Live podcast. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro and who would have thought that the Eagles would be 2-3 and three five games into this 2018 regular season and that the injury outlook would once again be as dire as it was a season ago. Think about it. The Eagles have lost his starting wide receiver, Mike Wallace, who is on injured reserve. Second-year wide receiver Matt Collins, who was expected to be a big part of the offense, is also on IR. Defensive tackle Tim Jernigan hasn't been on the field since the Super Bowl. Safety Chris Maragos remains sidelined. Running back Darren Sproles hasn't played since week one. Both quarterback Carson Wentz and wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey had delayed debuts this regular season. Running back Jay Ajayi is the latest casualty. He suffered a torn ACL in the loss to Minnesota and will miss the remainder of the season. Ajayi's loss is a big one as his slashing hard downhill running between the tackles provided an explosive element to the offense. Without Ajayi, the Eagles now turn to second year back Corey Clement, who's missed the last couple of games with a quad injury and who's expected to be ready to go on Thursday night, although there's really no telling how much work he can put in with that injury. Along with Clement, the Eagles have third-year man Wendell Smallwood as the primary ball carriers. Sproles remains out with a hamstring injury, and rookie Josh Adams, while active, is still developing. Would the Eagles make a move to add help to the backfield? That's always possible, but right now there appears to be nothing imminent despite all the speculation out there. So the Eagles go into this opener in the NFC East with Clement, Smallwood, and Adams working against a stout Giants run defense. How will a struggling Eagles offense stay on the field and score touchdowns? That's one of the things we'll talk about in this Eagles Live podcast. The offense needs to be balanced, efficient, and turnover-free. A red zone attack that ranked first in the NFL last year when Carson Wentz was healthy has plummeted significantly this season. The offensive line hasn't been as great as in previous seasons. How do the Eagles end this two-game losing streak and start the division schedule the right way? The Eagles need to get better in a lot of areas, including specific facets of the attack, as head coach Doug Peterson talks about in his exclusive one-on-one interview for the Eagles Live podcast. I coach the Eagles and the Giants, a great rivalry, and it's a game where, you know, you really, really important got to end this two-game losing streak. What's your message been this week? Well, the message, obviously, is we got to stay focused. we got to stay grounded, get back to the fundamentals, keep detailing our work, things that we talk about throughout, you know, OTA's training camp. And, you know, you think about it, I mean, we can almost erase the first five games, and we're sitting here 0-0, zero and zero, division opponent, you know, opportunity to jump out in the division with a victory. And, you know, but it's going to be tough. It's a hard place to play. It's always a throw the records out when you play the Giants. It's always a great football game as they were last season and you know we just gotta be ready to go what is it going to take to get this offense to where you want it to be we just got to continue to plow and plug away you know there's great signs out there in the run game and the passing game great opportunities we just got to focus on a couple areas we got to focus on well three areas really starting faster you know in these football games obviously trying to generate some points early in football games and then second thing is focus on the red zone we got to make sure we're not turning the ball over we're not taking sacks we're not taking penalties and we're kicking field goals but we need touchdowns and then thirdly we got to hone in on third down just a little bit, you know, whether it's uh, by scheme or just execution, we got to make sure we're getting back to some of the fundamentals that made us successful in the past. I know you self-scout all the time. How have you been, do you think, as a play caller? I've been pretty balanced. I know these last couple games have been a little skewed because of the way the score has gone, and so we've been a little more pass-heavy. But again, it goes back to if we can jump out to a lead 
early in football games, you tend to get that balance back, and, and that's where you can really rely on your running game and let those big offensive linemen take over. But, you know, right now we're, we're playing from behind too much, and we got to get that corrected. Is that the most mystifying thing in these first five games that you haven't had the early success and the red zone success? It really is, you know, because we have the same quarterbacks back, our tight end, our big Alshon Jeffrey receiver is back, and we got to pride ourselves a little bit in the run game in the red zone. And, you know, scheme-wise, we're trying to take advantage of what the defense presents, and we just got to continue to execute. How tough is the Giants and the offense and the potent weapons they have and Eli getting the football out quickly? Well, obviously, they're a dangerous football team. We know, you know, last year they came out and started empty, kind of no huddle, and went down the field on us a couple times. So we got to be ready for that. They obviously have, you know, weapons on offense and, and a great running back and a receiver, obviously. We know about them. And, you know, and then defensively, Betcher's a guy that coordinator has been in Arizona and very multiple. He can bring some pressure and likes to just rush with five. But, you know, it's something that we've seen in the past. It's a short week. We just got to stay focused and get ready to go. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. Okay, so throw out the records. Everybody says that. The Giants are 1-4, and four, but they're playing hard for new head coach Pat Shermer, and they've got maybe the best group of skill position players in the league offensively. It's a dangerous group, as middle linebacker Jordan Hicks outlines here. Explosive. You know, they've got some of the best skill guys in the league right now playing at a high level. You know, you look at their offense, they're highly explosive, have the ability to put up a lot of points. So, you know, we've got to be good on all fronts. You know, stop the run, control what we control, and stay with our formula. You know, get after the quarterback and make a tough one. How do they use Barkley? How do they not use Barkley? They split them out. They keep them in the backfield. They run the ball. They design picks for him. He's everywhere. And you can tell that they want to get him the ball in a lot of different ways, keep guys on defense on their heels and maybe lose track of them. So we can't do that. we got to contain him and rally to him. He's always been, you know, Eli. In my mind, he's always had the arm talent. He's always made the right decisions. Smart football player. Understands the game really well. So obviously got to be on point going into this game. How big is this game, Jordan, for the Philadelphia Eagles? I think it's huge. I think it's huge. Just the position we're in, coming off a short week, you know, all things, you know, seem to be heading in a direction. We have to change that tide, make sure that we come out guns blazing. And I'm honestly not worried about this team. I think when our back's up against the wall, I think this team responds well all the time. I'm excited to see the way we play. The focus in the locker room this week has been on one thing, finding a way to get back into the win column on a very short week. Losing two straight games is territory the Eagles haven't faced since late in the 2016 season. Defensive tackle Fletcher Cox says the team has been focused on that very task. Our main goal right now is to get a win. And we're not worried about what's going on outside this locker room, what other teams are doing, you know, because we have our own struggles. I mean, losing two games in a row, that's not our standard. Our standard is way higher than that, and, uh, you know, we need to get it fixed, and I know we will. Hey, Fletch, how's the locker room reacted to two losses in a row? What kind of personality have you seen from the guys this week? I mean, the swag is still here. This team is sticking together. Um, nobody's pointing fingers. We all still believe in each other, holding each other accountable, and, you know, good thing we, everybody's ready to go and ready to roll on Thursday night. One of the keys is bouncing back physically, and no matter how much you hear about it from the media, if you haven't lived it, then it's tough to understand. Eagles Hall of Famer Brian Westbrook lived it, and lived it well in his career. He knows just how difficult the Sunday to Thursday turnaround can be. Here is Westbrook, the Eagles Hall of Famer, in our press pass. Brian, the Eagles have to turn this thing around very quickly, playing on a Thursday night. So in your career, how did you feel after a Sunday game? How did you feel four days later? <laughs> you know, you get beat up throughout the course of a football game. And so really, you're not all the way healthy probably until Thursday morning, maybe Friday morning. And so you're playing on a short week, difficult task. Both teams have to do it, which is a good thing. I think for the Eagles, not only physically, mentally, they have to repair themselves. They have to correct a lot of errors that they made in the game. And if they can do that, they have a good chance this week. 
Do you think this is a must-win game, as must-win as it can be second week of October? I think winning division games is going to be critical for this football team. We see what the Redskins have been able to do with Adrian Peterson, Jordan Reed, and Alex Smith. We have to keep pace with them. I think Dallas at some point is going to figure this thing out with Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. I think we have to find ways to win games inside of our division. Another division game. Eli has always traditionally done pretty decent against our defense. We have to find a way to slow them down. So if you're Jim Schwartz, what are you doing against Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard and the prize of the draft class, Saquon Barkley? The the hard part against this team is that you want to press the receivers. You don't want to give up quick passes, but these guys, Shepard and Odell Beckham Jr., they have the speed and the route running ability to get behind you and beat you deep. I think you first start with attacking their offensive line, which has been very weak. Don't allow the run game to get going. And then you support your corners and with your safeties play and things like that. And then that way you can be decently successful. You know, I thought this offense would be way more advanced than it is right now. I thought the Eagles would kind of pick up where they left off with Carson last year. That hasn't happened. And we've talked about all the mistakes, you know, the pre-snap penalties, the turnovers in the red zone, lack of big play explosiveness outside. So what do you do if you're Doug Peterson? How do you get this thing better? You know, you go back to basics. I think the biggest thing and most important thing these past couple weeks is that you haven't established a run game. You have to get nasty. I think that our offensive line has struggled at times. I think that allowing them to run block, especially early on in football games, will provide two things. One, it makes them set their pads and allow a nasty streak to come out. Two, it gives you advantage on second and third down. Hopefully you get positive yards on that first down. Now you're second and six. Now you're third and short. That's going to allow you to be more successful on third down. Last week, they were only 22% on third down. That's not going to be good enough. That's because on first and second down, you're not being successful. I've always believed that you really find out about your locker room in times of adversity. And then last year, not a ton of adversity other than a lot of injuries, and we saw the leadership. This year, the adversity is in the wins and losses. So what do you expect from this locker room this week? Well, they better step up. I mean, if they want to win, they want to change things around for this football team, they have to step up. And you're right, adversity will make or break you. It will tell you who a real leader is. And I think they have some real leaders on this locker room. Now it's time for those guys to step up and say, all right, guys, we've made some mistakes. Let's be honest with it. Let's go out there and fix these mistakes. And now I'm going to hold you accountable the same way that you need to hold me accountable. And we're going to get this thing right. Are we witnessing a Super Bowl hangover? I think it is. It's just hard to be intense year after year after year. And when you win the Super Bowl, you're hungry, you're you're gritty, you do everything you can to win. And then you relax a little bit afterwards. And I've seen it with teams that I've played on that didn't win the Super Bowl, but we've been there. And it's a different mentality when you come back. To keep that momentum, you have to be even hungrier the next year. And I don't think that we have that passion right now. And with all of this negative stuff, Eagles are two and three, very much alive in the NFC East, which is there for the taking. There is time to get back to the top of the NFC East. That's the great thing about football. That's the great thing about the NFC East right now, that you have an opportunity to correct things. You have the opportunity to say, you know what? These first five games are gone. We didn't have a quarterback for a few games, but now we're back to where we want to be as far as a whole team. And now we have to move forward and get better. We still can win the NFC East. And with that, that'll allow us to get into the playoffs. That's the most important thing. And do the Giants, Brian, historically always crazy games. Miracles of the Meadowlands over and over and over. Crazy games. You got to go up there and you got to win. You know, with this team really needs to do is to play with confidence. This team needs to go up and play dominant, nasty, gritty football. We haven't seen that all year long. We haven't seen a nasty team that wants to go up and beat somebody physically up. Win your one-on-one battles, and when we see that, we'll see a totally different team. The game will look totally different. What better week to do that than on a short week against a division rival? Thanks, Brian. Thank you.
I'm Eagles linebacker Jordan Hicks. Picked off at midfield. Hicks and again. Hicks again is second of the game. And you're listening to the Eagles Live podcast with Dave Spadaro. Let's dig into some X's and O's with Fran Duffy of the Eagle Eye podcast, who features the matchup of Eagles safety Malcolm Jenkins against New York's prized rookie running back Saquon Barkley, the number two overall pick in the spring NFL draft. Yeah, David, I think if you're going to look at one of the biggest matchups in this game, it has to be stopping Saquon Barkley. And while Jordan Hicks and the rest of that defensive line will certainly be involved in keeping Super Saquon under control, I think you have to also look a little bit deeper and look at Malcolm Jenkins as well. In the past, Malcolm has been a big part of playing against these pass-catching running backs out in space. Remember in the Super Bowl, he was matched up against James White often out in the perimeter, and we've seen him used against a number of dynamic running backs in the past. And I would expect that to be the case especially with the return of Evan Ingram to the lineup for the New York Giants. Why is that important? Because when Ingram is in the lineup, the Giants tend to play a little bit more 12 personnel with two tight ends on the field, which means that the Eagles may decide to match up, not just with their base defense, but also in their big nickel package. And that would put a guy like Corey Graham or Azul Douglas out on the field to match up with the tight end. And that would leave Malcolm on the running back, especially a player like Saquon. When they try and go empty, meaning that there's no one in the backfield with Eli Manning, I expect that Malcolm Jenkins would be the one to match up with Saquon Barkley, not necessarily a Jordan Hicks. That's the kind of matchup that the Giants are looking for is Saquon on a linebacker. My guess is that the Eagles will not oblige, and you'll see Malcolm, number 27, matched up on Saquon. That's a matchup that I'm really looking forward to seeing in this game. How does Jim Schwartz try to keep the rookie under wraps? Make sure you download Fran's Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast each week as he reviews the game and tells you how it was played. That's available on Apple Podcasts and the Eagles official app, as well as PhiladelphiaEagles.com every Tuesday. It's time now for the Merrill Minute. Merrill Reese has seen all of the miracles of the Meadowlands and many of the fantastic moments in a series that began with an Eagles 56 to nothing loss to the Giants in 1933. The Eagles are 84, 86, and 2 all-time against the Giants. They're 6-2 and two at MetLife Stadium, and the Eagles have won three straight over the Giants. To win a fourth consecutive game against New York, the voice of the Eagles says, Wentz needs to play big on offense, and the defense must harass Giants quarterback Eli Manning. This is the Merrill Minute. Intercepted by Allen. Eric Allen down the far sideline. Stepped over a man. He's going to go. And they stop him again. Touchdown by Rob Carpenter. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Over the years, the Eagles and Giants have had some amazing games, and very often they come together for a meeting when both are at the top of their games. That's not the case right now. Both have been struggling. The Giants are 1-4, and four, the Eagles are 2-3. and three. And for the Eagles, it's the first divisional game of the season. I don't like to use the word must early in October, but this team needs this game to get back on track, to start getting the confidence together and playing the kind of football that they're capable of playing. Spoke to Carson Wentz this week. And it's awfully tough with the pounding that he's taken to come back in just four days and another physical game against the Giants. So he admitted that a lot of it has to do with adrenaline. You get out there, it's the national TV game, your heart is pumping. He's got to make things happen. The Eagles need better offensive line play than they've been getting. And the defense has to rush Eli Manning. Nobody can stay with Odell Beckham for too long. Eli Manning is not a very mobile quarterback. The key, get to Eli Manning. Bump them around, sack them. If the Eagles put this game together on both sides, they'll win and be right back on track. 
Let's finish this Eagles Live podcast with a look at the career of former offensive lineman Todd Harriman's, who played 10 seasons with the Eagles and was one of the toughest and most versatile linemen the franchise has ever had. Harriman's officially retired as an Eagle last week, and I spent a few moments talking with him about the past and the present as Harriman wraps up his Eagles career, but always remains part of the Eagles family. Todd, do you remember what it was like coming in to Philly the first time? I do. My father and I packed up a Penske truck, put a car dolly on the back of it, and towed, at the time, my minivan all the way to my new apartment in South Jersey. And I remember thinking that the ride was so long, I'm never going to do it again, which held true for about 12 to 13 years. Uh, And then I had kids, and then flying became really expensive. (laughs) (laughs) And you have a minivan probably again. (laughs) No, not yet, not yet. But no, I remember coming into the city, and every time I drove into the city and I just saw the buildings, just thinking like, wow, you know, I don't know if I'll ever be able to, like, feel normal here just because everything was so massive changed completely from where I came from and now it's hard to think about being anywhere else you know what I mean it's just I guess you could say I grew up here myself you know into my adult life what was the key to success the key to success I think probably just staying rooted staying grounded and realizing that you still have plenty of room to grow you know I was never once considered the best at my craft so I guess that just kept me hungry and able to you know keep improving How about Andy and just the feeling of gratitude you have toward Andy and that coaching staff for giving you a shot? Oh, man. I owe uh, Tom Hacker. God bless him. May he rest in peace. Andy, Joe Banner, all of those guys. Juan, you know, I owe them my entire career because, you know, they really saw the potential in me, took a chance on me, drafted up, got me, and then put in the hours, countless hours, you know, I think Juan enjoyed it probably the most. You know, I really do owe a lot of the success of my career to them and the longevity to them because they really taught me what it was like to be a true pro. Is it harder to make it to the NFL or is it harder to stay in the NFL? That's tough. I think it depends on your path. For me, I think it was harder to make it in the NFL, you know, because you see a lot of guys from big schools come in and they can get drafted and they're out of here, you know, the next year. So it really doesn't matter where you're coming from. I think that that might you know, give you a different hunger, depending on the path that it took you to get there. You know, I think that for the amount of guys that actually make it, it would be tough to say that it's harder to stay in than it is to make it, you know. What did you ever do with the two touchdown footballs from those two touchdowns you scored? Do you still have the footballs, Todd? Yeah, they're sitting on my shelf. Okay. Yeah. So there's a little man cave, a little touchdown man cave. I have an office, but nobody else can see. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not like gloating. But, you know, they're just my little memories that sit in there and, hey, you were cool once. (laughs) (laughs) Are you a nostalgic guy? Have you thought about the career much? Or is it kind of, you lived it up, you played it till the end, and then it's time to move on? You know, you think about it a little bit afterwards, and you kind of think, man, I really wish I would have thought about it a little more while I I was in the moment but I feel like the reason that I wasn't thinking about it while I was in the moment is because I was trying to stay you know what I mean and I didn't want to get caught up being like wow I'm finally here and made it you know because it might have brought some complacency along so you know I've reflected a little bit now that I'm done but life's busy man life's fast you gotta stay moving or else uh, you ponder too much in the past and you're gonna miss out on some things you know and my kids are keeping me pretty present these days last one Todd so Philly is a unique culture unique fan base you know all these media guys as you kind of put it in perspective, how would you describe this whole football scene in Philadelphia and the day-to-day life of being a Philadelphia Eagle? Die hard. It's die hard. The people in Philadelphia that are fans of football are diehard fans. They've been fans forever without the success that they've expected. You know, they get let down and they come right back the next week. You know, they're diehards and they deserved 
the Lombardi. I was so happy for the city of Philadelphia when they got that because I don't feel like any city deserves it as much as we do. And I say we know because I'm a Philadelphian. That will do it for this Eagles Live podcast. Thanks to Brian Thomas and Tyler Ripley for all their great work putting the podcast together. And thanks to you for listening. We will have the Eagles Live podcast instant reaction for you after the Eagles-Giants game on Thursday night. It's a big one, a game the Eagles really need to open the NFC East schedule. This is Eagles insider Dave Spadaro saying have a great Eagles day, everyone, and fly, Eagles, fly. E-A-T-L-E!